men listen to other men. I don't want to burden my wife with that. To mind matters, helping men safely navigate family life without losing their minds. Two podcasts every week on a Monday and a Thursday. Hi there, my name's James, and thank you so much for checking out my podcast, Dad Mind Matters. In this podcast, I talk to Sean Lesser, a finance innovator who's helping to transfer the narrative around men's mental health. So my story, I, I like to say that there's kind of the resume story and then there's the story. Okay. Yeah. So the resume is, I was born in Brooklyn. I grew up in Long Island, New York. And then work-wise, I have done 15 years. I did international institutional equity sales. So that means selling stocks to banks overseas, which that means from the U.S., selling stocks to people in your neighborhood, right? right. So covering, covering the U.K., Switzerland, Germany, Netherlands, all those places. So I travel there kind of monthly for 15 years. And then in 2007, with a partner, we started the first Impact Investing Investment Bank. So Impact Investing is making money and doing good. So I did that for 16 years. We'd raise money for individual funds. We'd raise money for private equity funds. Then we put on different investor convenings, put on around 60 or so over the years, mostly US, some some in London, a couple in London. So that that's the resume. But I'm happy to get into the store, James, or if you have questions, uh, to jump in. Um, no, I mean, I'd, I'd like to hear the story. I mean, you've got a very interesting story. And I think, mm -hmm. yeah, just if, if I give you the freedom just to talk, that's often how these things end up being just really nice. And I think yeah, that's yeah. just a conversation between two men who've got similar yeah. stuff in common. Yeah. So the story is it was it was last September and I, I was depressed. I was traveling, having trouble eating. I was having trouble sleeping. I lost 40 pounds, which is terrific, but I wasn't on a diet. Right. And my depression was growing, right? And then it kind of popped. It was December 14th was was basically, you know, or exactly one year away. Wow, yeah, literally. I mean, December 14th or uh, tomorrow, I was on a, a Zoom call and having conversations similar to this. And I say that I had a full mental breakdown that I couldn't really talk and I, I, I wasn't, couldn't really move. And then I was also uh, suicidal, telling my wife, I don't want to be here anymore. Please freaking kill me. So, you know, most wives don't want to hear that. I'm sure right. there's a couple, a couple that might want to hear that. But, you know, <laughs> how scary. That must have been yeah. really scary for, well, for both of you, I imagine. Yes, it was scary. So it's kind of like when you're in that, space what do you what do you do where do you go there's really not a a manual for that so no. i live in atlanta georgia so we went to the hospital local hospital here called uh, emory i went to the emergency uh, ward there and basically you know that's also kind of a weird experience because you're seeing other people in dire situations and you're like my my brain's not working so I waited for a while and they and they saw me and then they rolled someone out on a on a Zoom uh, machine, and they said, "Do you want to go to check in and go to the psych ward?" Now I had no idea what that meant. No, but but I I knew that I wanted to go somewhere, right? I didn't want to go home. I just didn't want to. No one were nowhere was right, but I just didn't want to be at home. So I checked myself into the psych ward. That's an interesting place. So you get in there, and they'll check you for your bags like i i would sleep with an eye mask they're like no you can't have that i had like a sound machine 
you know, anything, anything that you could use to hurt yourself or hurt others, you're, oh, okay. you're, you're not well. gonna, they don't let you have. Even I had uh, my pants, I had like a sweatpants with a string and they said, no, you got to cut out the string. So I, I, again, I didn't know what I was getting into, right? Oh. Me and my wife were like, I need somewhere to kind of just, just, uh, just, be. just relax, just be. So I was in the psych ward for uh, three days. Again, very uh, interesting place. And then, then when I got out, I went back home. So at the, I'm 55 now. At the time, I was 54. I have two kids. My kids are 15 and 16, and my wife. So uh, when I got back, my wife and then my mom. She's 82. She lives in Long Island, uh, New York, about two hour plane ride. So my mom came down to Atlanta, and my wife was there, and they were on basically on a 24 hour Sean watch, right? Okay. Taking 12 hour shifts, like one sleeping on the couch, get back up, and and vice versa. So this went on for a little while. So December 14th is when I, I checked myself in. Then it was the holidays. It was just January 3rd. I was feeling a little better, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna go back. Are you, to work. you sorry? You were in this ward over Christmas. I was in the psych ward over uh, Christmas time. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's been really hard. I mean, just uh, yes, yes. It was a strange psych ward. It's almost like if you get in a car accident, right? And they take you to the what in the U.S. they call the ICU, like the emergency room. Yeah. So in the psych ward, the purpose of the psych ward is to stabilize you. And once you're stabilized, then they're going to send you back into the world, right? Yeah. So it's not a place where you might get really better, but more, again, going from the, the you know, like you got a car accident, you're in that one space, then they're going to put you in another space. Um, but it was quite a experience in the psych ward. So then it was January 3rd. I was feeling better. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go back to work. Now, I had two partners at my firm that I helped co-com. And sometimes things don't work out with partners. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so my partners ended up buying me out of my company. Now, that's great. I got some money. But my company, and I think this goes for a lot of guys and people, was my work, was my whole identity. It was my whole life. It was my whole existence. So when that happened, I fell deeper into depression. I started to shake. Like okay. literally like this. I was shaking. Uh, people thought I had Parkinson's uh, disease. I didn't have Parkinson's disease. Now then another another uh, another guy comes into the story. His name is uh, Brent Hurd. So me and Brent, our kids in the U.S. played uh, baseball together, right? Okay. And we were we were I'm gonna call them baseball friends. You see him at the field or the park, and you just hey excited to see each other, and you're talking and hanging out. Well, we weren't like best friends, but we, we were friendly. And then Brent was friendly with my wife. Not too friendly, but he was friendly. So <laughs> when this was happening, my wife, her name is Blanca. She said to me, you need to contact Brent Hurd. And I was like, I like Brent. He's a good dude. But what does he have to do with this? And she just said that she had a feeling. Said, Fine. Okay. So she ends up texting Brent, basically writing Sean's in a bad place, etc. And then Brent came back right away uh, and he's asking all the right questions. Is he, is he in a safe place? Uh, this is happening to a lot of people, especially guys. So Brent had gone through something similar 
about 10 years ago. Um, okay. And so Brent became, I call it my uh, mental health sponsor. In okay. that sense, if you think of Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, it's, a nice, it's a nice idea, actually. I like it. Yeah. So that's also when, when we'll get to the foundation, that's part of the real to have mental health sponsors. Walk with me, talk with me, modal, different modalities, do stuff with me. I'd go to his office, I'd hang out. So he was really the, you know, there for me because when you're in that space, you think you're all alone. And then I ended up going to two treatment centers, okay. one in California and one in, in Florida, more interesting places. They're not like the psych ward, they're different. So there they take away your phone and you're in therapy with other folks all day long. So I was there, let's say about, about three months in total between the two places. Then I got back about five months ago and me and Brent, my mental health sponsor, we were talking on the phone and I was like, dude, that was serious. Cause that's the way we talk in the U S we go, dude, that was serious. You know? So yeah. he, he, <laughs> he was like, yeah, that was serious. And I was like, uh, I mean, that was serious. That was real. He's like, yeah, man, that was real. And I said, you know what? That's what we're going to call it. We're going to call it the real. I and like then it. he said, he said to me, of course, what is it? And of course I said, I don't know, <laughs> but I know there's a lot of men, women, and families that are, are suffering, and I think we can help them. So there's there's some more chapters, James, but that's the entree. I've got, I've got a number of questions. The one that really sticks out, did, did your wife know about your friend's struggle with his mental health? I'm just thinking why yeah. she thought to contact, as a married man with an 11-year-old daughter, I can absolutely confirm that women are always right. I'll say that very sure, quietly. Sure, sure, sure. no of course, of course. She can't hear, but they... they yeah, does she kind of because that that to me is very interesting that she knew exactly who you needed to speak to, and it also yeah. wasn't, and it was a bit of a surprise to you that it was that person. Yeah. yeah. So the way uh, I got a little bit more deeper explanation was um, a couple of years back on another baseball team, one of the dads unfortunately committed suicide, and okay. she told me that that Brent, my my mental health sponsor, my friend was really in tune to that. Like I could have helped, you know, right. just, just was really affected. You know, he was, he was affected by that. So she had that from that experience and she knew Brent that he would be a good person to talk with. Yeah. It also sounds like she knows you very well. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> sound, yeah. It sounds like you've got a, sounds like you've got a, a great wife. I and mean, I think, I mean, yeah, I... yeah. My wife handled every single thing. Because I was basically handicapped, right? Yeah. And I think also the challenge is she's handling all the things around me and and my work and dealing with the kids. But then also, and this is hard for people that are kind of the caregiver, she would also have to ha handle all the incoming information. Because I would speak to her at the treatment center, and then she'd have to speak to my mom for an hour. Then yeah. she'd have to speak to my sister. Then she would have to speak to my friends. So every day, she's kind That's of... I mean, to relive, relive the, the, the trauma, I suppose. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And then also, you know, we have two kids. They're running around. This, the, 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 you know, the train doesn't stop. It's, no, it's, it's no. It's still, it's still going. Just because I'm not here, the train's still going. I can tell you're a great guy. And it's always nice when you actually hear a relationship that is generally, all right, it's, it might not be my turn to take, you know, to lead the charge or to take, but yeah. I'm going to take it on. And actually that's, I think, You've, you're very lucky and you only have 50 sure. percent of the votes when it comes to marriage and you know i'm saying i'm really lucky my wife's brilliant because i've had my mental health issues sure. and sometimes she just knows 
daddy's a bit quiet. It's okay. Yeah. And I think you said something on one your in the video I watched that actually that the, the, the real has been born out of something traumatic and upsetting. But and it really stayed with me because I think actually quite often the real good stuff in life comes at the other side of real vulnerability when you are really like laid bare and right. a you know who your friends are. It's often a surprise who the people actually kind of come to the surface. So to, to tell me more about what you do now, what the organization does now. Sure. So it's really building on the things that I learned when I was in that state, right? Okay. And I was, I say like I was in a 10, I was in a bad spot, but everybody in their life at some point is in a two or four or six and eight. It's just the way it is. Right? And I'd also say for now, the real it's, it's it's not a guy's thing, but it's more focused on guys right now because guys, you know, think about guys, they'll meet shoulder to shoulder. Women meet where they meet. They meet face to face. It's just a different, it's a different animal. Yeah. Uh, it, it was funny because I was talking to someone else about, you know, what we do and she's, she's helping us with the real. And she says, oh, it's about, you know, guys talking about their feelings. And we're like, no, nah, you can't really say that. Guys mm. say something more like, guys are going through some shit or some yeah. stuff. It's not, you, that, that isn't guy talk. You're absolutely we, right. We don't, it's, we don't, we don't, you start talking like that. We don't want to talk to you. You've got to read the room. <laughs> and I think quite often it has, I think there needs to be more sort of uh, mental health initiatives run by yeah. men for men, because exactly. I think women have often the best intentions and, the, yeah, and all the passion, but I just think men listen to other men. I know that when I've had difficult times in my life, it's, it's my close male friends. I don't want to burden my wife. I think there's different pressures to be a woman and a man have both have pressures, but there are different pressures, right? Yeah. A guy kind of in general, guys are more, you know, lone wolves and you feel like I got to go out and kill the bear and bring it home and provide for the family. And yeah, it's just a different, we're just, just different, right? Uh, neither side better or worse, just different. I was going to go back to your question. So what are we doing with the Real Mental Health Foundation, it's using the power of conversation and community to help help people to heal. So what does that mean? <laughs> right? So that was a big part of me getting better. If you think about treatments and things like that, like there was a really great pie chart I saw the other day from a psychiatrist called uh, Tom Ensel. He's really well known in the US and it had a pie chart, you know, a pie. And it said you know, for treatment, 20%, 20% was around therapy and drugs and things like that. 10% was DNA and 70% was community. So okay. having a community, so that, that's one part of the community was super important to me. I'll get to that. And also having, so it's, it's using the power of conversation and community. So the foundation is based on four C's, conversations, goes to community, goes to contributions, goes to change. So I'll break that down and I'll simplify it, right? So conversations. I give a lot of these talks, like we're explaining now what happened to me. And I've done that now a ton of times. They're all over the US. We're gonna be doing it in Europe too. And that's great. I give the talk, what happens, people open up. When you kind of jump in the water, other people feel comfortable to jump. Yeah into the water and tell you, and then that's also kind of healing that you're not the only one that these things are happening to. So 
that's great. I'm going to keep on doing that, giving what I call these real talks. But the idea behind the conversations is let's expand it. So think of, you know, like a TEDx or TED Talks. Right? Yeah. So it's great that I'm giving the talk, but how about 10? How about 100? How about a thousand other guys? All makes and models, right? Or from all over the country, all over the world, all different professions telling their story. Because you're always thinking you're alone. Think of the power of that, of those people telling their stories. And we branded the real similar to like a TEDx. So you'll okay. know this is a real talk about a man who's had some mental health struggles and how he worked through that. But you want to have a diverse group because people might relate to me because I was in finance. Someone might relate to someone else because they're an athlete or a student or yeah, I get it. Whatever I, it is. I agree whatever with you. it is. Yep. So that's the first C is the conversation. And the second C and really helped me was community. Right. I think I and I know there's issues in the UK about suicide and all these different things, but it, it also feels it's, it's global. I think the world changed. COVID changed a lot of things. Also, it's hey, back in the day, you had the bowling club or different clubs in the US, in the UK, you know, hanging out the bar, doing these different things, knowing who your neighbors are and having people to talk to it, kind of have these shared experiences with. That's kind of disappearing. So the the purpose is to bring community uh, back to folks. So we have the beta of the app for the community, and the community is for four things. One is to have a safe place where guys can talk to each other and not feel judged because everyone's going through some stuff, right? Some yeah, crap. absolutely. But you don't, you know, just be like, okay, I can talk about this stuff. This is a place where no one's judging me. Secondly, it's a place where we talked about Brent being a mental health sponsor. So you can become a mental health sponsor or get a mental health sponsor. Third is when you're in that situation and wherever in the world, like what I was, right? Uh, who, what, where? Who do you talk to? What do you do? Where do you go? <laughs> it's very, especially here in the U.S., it's it's very, it's difficult. I'm sure it's, yeah. it's difficult. Yeah. And who do you and who do you trust with these things? So so to have in that community people that had you know been through that experience. I went here. I went there. I spoke to this person. Is very valuable because in general people don't really want to talk about this. But if you have that space, secondly, guys and other folks are interested in these different let's call them modalities from yoga to meditation to even psychedelics to these types of things. But where do you go to learn about these things where you don't feel like someone's selling you something? Right. Yeah. And then the final piece is we have different activities. So we do the, doing this activity in Atlanta. We're going to be doing it in Brooklyn and we're going to be doing it in Boston and hope to do it across the globe. The thing we're doing, we do it every Thursday at 7 a.m. It's really crazy. We do this thing called the real walk where guys get together and you know what they do, right? Just go for a walk. I'm guessing yes. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. So and, 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 and walking in itself is one of the best things you can do for your mental health. Yeah. Yeah, so we're just walking, talking. It's not necessarily we're talking about mental health. It might come up, but but just new relationships are are built. I think also, you know, in, in U.S. and different parts of the world, you have this, you know, right, the left, Democrat, Republican, the whole that stuff. And when you're walking, nobody cares. No, <laughs> you're just going it's for a, a level, walk. Though, isn't it? Just it a bunch a of level. guys just going for a walk. It's not about any anyone fighting or anything like that you're just going for a walk so so it goes conversations those community 
goes to contribution. So on the contribution side, we're doing a couple of things. And this is all phases. We can't do everything at once. We want to help to build out the mental health ecosystem. So we're going to give back to other guys, treatment centers, apps, things, what's out there on one side. And then on the other side, map out what are investors and donors doing on the other side. And then come out with a report, be like, okay, where's the strengths? Where's the weaknesses? Where's the opportunities? So it goes conversations, goes to community, goes contributions. And then the big C and the last C, and I'll be done, is change. So think of change in two ways. You have change intangible, right? That's the hearts. That's the minds. That's the conversations. That's the community side to it. And then tangible is more to help to build out the mental health ecosystem. So that's what the uh, foundation is is all about. To it's not the answer to all the anxiety and depression, but it's a piece to the puzzle. Yeah, but it, it's part of the solution, not part of the problem. It's raising a conversation of a taboo because my dad basically a breakdown. He he never yeah. called it a breakdown. He would always call it a burnout. I think because it sounds more macho. I sure. get that. I get that. Yeah. And. And I never remember this. My my, my mum told me that apparently I, at school, I, I used to tell everyone that he'd been made redundant because in my mind, that was more socially acceptable. Well, sure. that's not uh, that's not okay. I had a great relationship with my dad. I was very proud of my dad. He was a great man. And I was crushed that he was going through this. And I think ultimately, I, I think the landscape is better for my generation than it was for his. And I hope that the generation, say for my two boys, will be better still. I used to work for Brighton Lifeguard Service. And the number of suicides and mental health related incidents is really sad. And I think in the UK, it's the biggest killer of men between yeah. 25 and 45 is suicide, which just in a Western civilization just seems insane. You're like, how, yeah. how yeah. is that the case? And I think you're right. I think we have gone very insular. It's my wife that bullies me to go out with my friends. I train Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I coach kids Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that's probably the only one or two times I talk to other men in the week. Sure, 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 sure. Because you can I kind of hide it. behind, oh, well, I'm busy and I'm being a good dad and I'm taking the dog for a walk and right. we're spending time. But the truth is you can kind of retreat into your cave, which I think is dangerous. And something you said, because I was going to ask, were there any triggers? I mean, did you did you did you kind of see this coming or or not? Sure, sure. So, a couple of things. So, you know, I had depression throughout my life from time to time in twenties, thirties, forties. So, I would take antidepressants and then I would go off them. I'd be like feeling better and be like, I don't yeah. want to take this anymore. <laughs> so, so this was a little bit when this episode or whatever you want to call it. Oh, it was like a combination platter. Like one. I wasn't on on any antidepressants. Two, I happened to have COVID right before. I don't know. It's just that in the mix. Could well have I, triggered something. Something. I mean, it's not helping. Three, a little bit of, hey, I'm fifty something. Who am I? What am I doing? I really enjoyed doing. Not enjoyed, but being in a, a lot of big issue with me was the comparathon. That I, I call it the comparathon. Basically, meeting people and then comparing myself to them. Okay. And then then that's not a good way to live. So a lot of the comparison type of things. Well, you're I, never going to be satisfied, are you? Because there's always no, going to be no. someone who is, is earning a bit more money, has got a nicer exactly. car, yes. slightly bigger house. I mean, they, yes. that's the problem. They, they, you'll never be happy. Never ends. That. Never no. ends. And, and, and my brain would just automatically be doing that. Yeah. And then I would say that was some of that was some work stress. And then I would say also just kids getting older, going to some 
some, you know, going to high school here. So it wasn't like, hey, somebody died and then it kind of collapsed. And another really huge thing was at that time, I was having a lot of trouble. I was eating, but, I, you know, when I get depressed, I'm a big guy and I, I eat a lot. I'm, I'm 260 pounds. I am six foot two. I don't miss yes. a meal. No, you need, meal. you need to eat. Your body needs you energy. Yeah. And then the other thing was sleeping. I couldn't really sleep well. So once it eventually that kind of, it just kept on building on itself. So the system got knocked out, right? Yeah. Took too, yeah, many, yeah. Too, too many blows to the head. And it's just like, all right, you're done. Get, you know, give me the count. Well, the, yeah, the, the brain's very clever, isn't it? I think what's interesting that you talked about the pie chart that I think actually it does sound like it's community because I think yeah. all of us to an extent will have a, a, a time in their life with yeah. the perfect storm, as you said, of kids leaving the house. You thinking, where am I in my life as a 40 or 50 year old man? I certainly know my lowest point was where I was living and working on my own. I was a mm -hmm. postman. I'd, so I'd spend four or five hours on my own. Yeah, I wasn't seeing anyone. I had no perspective. So it kind of makes some sense. That actually, what you're doing with creating mm -hmm. a community is mm -hmm. so important. And I, that's the solution. That is got to be. It's one of the solutions. I don't think it's. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's an important part. And, and, and I, I would say something else. Here. You know, I've had throughout this year and it's, it's kind of my one year anniversary on this journey here. I've had probably 300 phone calls with different folks. And I can tell you that every phone call, this is never one degree away. It's always half a degrees or zero degrees away. Yeah. No one's like, what are you talking about, Sean? No, it's Everyone's not if, like, it's when, basically. And then I, I couldn't tell you how many people said to me, Sean, I never told anyone this, but, right? And then they tell me, because I'm telling them my story, they feel comfortable to be telling me their their story or their family story or, or whatever it is, so... You see, what? Well, yeah, you, you've basically been the brave one. You've told your story, which gives everyone license to tell their story. No one wants to be brave first. They'll happily be brave second or any, any number yeah, after yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah. it sounds like you're doing amazing work, something you were chosen mm -hmm. to do, to be honest with you. I don't know. I kind of look at it, especially when I was in a bad place. It, there was when you when you're in the treatment center or the psych ward and you're like, my life is is over. <laughs> I'm done. And then. So many people feel that same way. And you think like, this, this, this is never going to end. There's no, there's no, you're never going to flip the page. And, and people get that and they, they feel that way, but that's not, that's their brain telling them that. So one, one therapist told me a, a thing that I remember uh, very clearly. She said, it's like you're, you're in a fish tank and you're a goldfish and you take, someone took the, the bowl and just shaking it yeah shaking it and your brain you're, you're in that those waves and you cannot you cannot figure out uh which way is up yeah yeah what you went through was probably very obsessing very traumatic some may pe some people might say it, it was a spiritual awakening some people might say that everyone has to go to that point i'm not for, sure. for a second belittling the, you know the trauma or the stress you've gone through it sounded yeah, you yeah. know but I'm just saying, it. if you look at where you are now, mm -hmm. you know, you're inspiring people, you're doing mm -hmm. great work, you, you seem in a good place. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, sometimes, you, I, I don't know, I suppose you, 
you have to go through horrendous times and on the other side you're like wow i didn't realize this was going to be yeah I, I would say it's interesting and uh, you know i'm still working on it i'm not i'm not perfect and some days i'm i'm get depressed and I, some days i don't want to get out of the bed but then a lot of those days i'll be like thinking to myself wait a second man were <laughs> you were in the psych ward yeah <laughs> and it was pretty bad yeah i hope you I, give yourself some credit things. for where you I think are about those things yeah yeah i hope yeah. you give yourself some credit we're all a work in progress I and mean, you've got an element of emotion talent that a lot of people especially men don't have because no they have it they just don't want to talk they don't want to bring it out having it and I, admitting I it, it are two different it. things I, you know there's fear there's anxiety the fear what are people are going to say what are they going to do and then that that really increases the shame and then the loneliness and the isolation. It it builds on themselves. And then when you're in that space, yeah, you don't want to get out of the bed. You don't want to take a shower. You don't want to talk to anybody. It kind of snowballs. Yeah. So I, I know that I know that feeling. For my podcast listeners, firstly, how can they get in touch with you or find out sure. more about the project? And what what sure. is it if there's a call to action, what would it be? Sure. So you can go to the website, thereal.care. Uh, of course, you can donate if you like. I've self-funded this to date. That's terrific. But if you want to join, uh, you can join off the, off the website. It's it's free. Uh, become part of the community. I would say that we have the beta of the app. It's a little bit early. We're still working on this. I kind of say it's like a house that we're moving into and we have a we have a rug and like, you know, <laughs> you know, maybe like some old Chinese food. But uh, we're, we're, we're going to get there. And then I would say the other thing is really to just just spread the word, because I think it's about awareness. Okay. And I think it's about going back to the, all these calls with these people, because when you're in that head, you're like, I am all alone. No one has ever felt like this. I am a loser. You just your, your brain turns so negative. It's 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 normal human behavior. Now, I was at a 10, which was a bad place. But I'll say it again, everyone's sometime normal. This is normal being a human. You're at a two or four or six and you don't want to get to a 10. No. So so you want to, you know, try to have community. There's all these things that are just kind of basic knowledge that you're like, oh, I know that. Like be in nature, you know, stop this comparathon. You, you're kind of more is not necessarily better. It's nice to have more, but it's not necessarily better. And also, you know, you have social media, you're looking at social media, you're comparing yourself to someone else's highlight reel, which isn't real. And we all do it. And that's difficult not to do that. So there's just some, some things to just try to think a little bit differently. I would say also that, you know, we're thinking so many thoughts I've seen from 6,000 to 30,000 a day. And sometimes you're you're following those thoughts like like going down rabbit holes. Just understand that they're just thoughts. They're not necessarily the truth. No, you don't uh, have to put meaning to everything you think. No, no, because we're all always thinking kind of nonstop, right? It's hard to stop thinking. So those are just some some things. I, I'd also just do like a little. I was thinking about a little analogy. You know, you you're on the highway, right, or the motorway, whatever you want to call it in the UK. And it is traffic, and you're sitting in your car, and then you see all the lights, like for miles. And you're not really thinking about those other people in the other cars. But every single person in those cars are going through something similar to you, even though you don't see it or feel it. So every light is another individual, and we're kind of all on the same road together. Yeah, that's, 
that's nice. So it's just actually. another way to just think about these things that you're not alone uh, at all. Yeah, I, I think that's the real takeaway because I know certainly when I've had really dark times or really anxious times, you feel an element of shame. You're like, because yes. you feel like I'm going, I'm going mad and I'm yes. mental. And yes, certainly my, I struggle with OCD and yeah. I, I can feel utterly ashamed when my kids are like, why is daddy checking that door? Why can I physically, why can't he just leave the house? Yeah. And you, you're, it grips you. And then sure. you know, it's ridiculous and doing it makes you feel awful. So, right. but having the courage like you have to actually go, do you know what? This is who I am. Actually, it's, it's probably, more empowering than anything you could do mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you just got to do it which you have yeah but and i think it's changing the stigma that people i'm not gonna say it's gonna become the norm but you break your arm right you go to the hospital they put a cast on your arm you go home they sign your cast you break your brain for a little while you gotta hide in the corner the conversations like this and certainly what you're doing it's the right direction it's what sure. we need more of it's been really, really nice to talk to you. Likewise, James. I really admire what you're doing. Maybe in a year's time or something, we can have a conversation and see where you're at. Sure. I really hope you got something from this podcast. If, like Sean, you've had a mental health experience that's helped you have a better understanding of yourself, has helped to strengthen your relationship, or has put you in a position to help other men struggling with their mental health, and you'd be happy to be a guest on my podcast to tell your story, please let me know. You can contact me via my website, www dadmindmatters.com I hope wherever you are in the world you're okay, take care Mind Matters, helping men safely navigate family life without losing their minds two podcasts every week on a Monday and a Thursday My book, First Time Dad A 42 Week Guide to Pregnancy is available in Kindle and paperback form on Amazon and an audiobook form on Audible To sign up for my monthly newsletter please visit my website www dadmindmatters.com